Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Tuesday, March 2nd, and this is your FT News Briefing. Democratic senators warn bank regulators about extending looser capital requirements. ExxonMobil bends to pressure from activist shareholders, and a former French president is sentenced to jail for corruption. Plus, Rupert Murdoch turns 90 next week. We'll take a look at the media empire he built and what's next for News Corp. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Two prominent Democratic senators are warning the Federal Reserve and other U.S. regulators against extending looser capital requirements for banks. In a letter seen by the FT, Senators Elizabeth Warren and Sherrod Brown said the decision at the beginning of the pandemic to allow looser capital requirements have created new risks for the economy. They added that it would be a grave error to extend them. Banks say that if the relief isn't extended, it would be tougher for them to trade U.S. government debt and extend credit to companies and consumers. ExxonMobil is reeling from the worst year in its history. It had four consecutive quarterly losses and ended up with a mammoth $22 billion deficit for 2020. Activist shareholders have been pushing for a strategic overhaul, and on Monday, ExxonMobil announced the appointment of two new directors to its board. The FT's U.S. energy editor, Derek Brower, says the move seems to have satisfied one activist investor, D.E. Shaw, but not the other one. The other activist who's been much more public, Engine Number no. 1, which is a new fund created last year, Engine Number no. 1 isn't so convinced that this is the right move. In fact, it has said it still wants the four people it nominated to join Exxon's board to go ahead. It still has a number of criticisms of Exxon, still is calling for big changes. So one activist happy, the other one still unsatisfied. Uh, But Derek, given the pandemic and the shift among other oil companies towards green energy, how does Exxon win back shareholders? Well, Exxon's view of the whole thing is that, you know, stick with us. We are changing a bit. We we have a strategy for the energy transition. We aren't going to go down the BP route of diluting our oil business. We're going to stick with our strategy of being an oil producer. But we're going to do stuff like carbon capture and storage and spend money on alternative fuels like algae. That's not enough for a lot of investors, especially big institutional investors, which now have strong ESG related mandates and are pretty keen on on enforcing climate policy on the companies they own. And Exxon has been trying to make this argument to them, but a lot of them just don't buy it. So Exxon thinks that as the commodity price improves... And as the shortages in supply from other producers because of underinvestment come to bear over the coming years, its model of sticking with its oil business, investing counter-cyclically, will reward the company and its shareholders. Some of the shareholders aren't so convinced that the company is as sure-footed as it insists it is and think that it needs a faster strategy or a strategy that is a bit more comprehensive in the way it approaches the energy transition. Derek Brower is the FT's U.S. energy editor. Thank you, Derek. Thanks, Mark. Former French President Nicolas Sarkozy was sentenced to jail yesterday. A court found him guilty of corruption and influence peddling. Sarkozy is the first French president in a decade to be convicted after leaving office. The last was Jacques Chirac. 
DFT's Paris bureau chief, Victor Mallet, recaps the key details of the Sarkozy case. In the case of Sarkozy, he was said to have entered into a corrupt arrangement with a judge and with his own lawyer, with Sarkozy's own lawyer, essentially to get information about another case. And in exchange for that information, he offered to help the judge with a plum position in Monaco. Victor, there's been a, been a series of corruption cases. Is there a pattern you can see? A lot of these corruption cases involving politicians, especially centre-right politicians like Sarkozy, is, it's about campaign finance and election campaigns, which, as in other countries, are, can be quite expensive. And that's certainly uh, the case for many of the cases, because this is not the only case that Sarkozy faces as, as a former president. I have to say that he has appealed, as have the other uh, co-defendants who were also convicted, uh, his lawyer and, and the judge concerned. So uh, none of these cases are yet completely finished. And it's quite possible that uh, in the end, no one will go to jail. Victor Mallet is the FT's Paris bureau chief. Next week, Rupert Murdoch will turn 90 years old. And the executive chairman of News Corp and co-chairman of Fox Corporation is still making deals. The FT's global media editor, Alex Barker, took a close look at the man he calls perhaps the last of the great continent straddling press barons and the future of his media empire. One thing to remember is just how long he's been on this kind of stage. And, you know, he took over the empire small Adelaide newspaper from his father in in the 50s and, uh, you know, was visiting John F. Kennedy in the Oval Office in the early 60s. By the age of 50, he basically built up this newspaper business into one that really dominated the UK market. By the 90s, he moved into pay television, satellites were going up, it was a very big and risky play. And out of that, he built 21st Century Fox. Then a couple of years ago, he sold. And today, you know, you know, Murdoch still owns many influential papers like the Wall Street Journal, The Sun in the UK, and, and the New York Post. But his newspapers were never really the, the profit engines, right? You know, as you write, it was really his other businesses that subsidized his beloved newspapers. So the Times, I think, for decades was a loss-making business in the UK, uh, and it's changed more recently. These days, the real profit engine is Fox News. You know, it's the best-rated cable news network in the US, uh, of of huge influence, uh, and probably the most liked and most hated uh, of them all uh, by equal measure. And what has made it peculiarly profitable is the cable TV bundle. Everyone who has a cable TV subscription in the US, pays towards it to some extent, and 70% of its revenues come from that, um, and it's hugely profitable. Uh, obviously, there are questions about succession. I mean, there, there's a whole HBO show that is not so loosely based on the Murdoch family and how the empire moves on to the next generation. Um, how difficult will succession be for his media empire? Rupert's heir apparent is his eldest son, Lachlan, who is the chief executive of Fox and co-chairman of News Corp. But there are some questions still about, firstly, whether he can marshal the support he needs between his siblings. And secondly, whether the structure of the businesses as they stand today are really what he will want to be running in the medium and long term. And that 
raises questions about whether they should re-examine some of the assets, uh, sell some, um, merge others, take some private, for instance. And that's the kind of reappraisal uh, that we understand is, is going on at the moment. Alex Barker is the FT's global media editor. Thank you, Alex. Thank you. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Did you know the Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.